Hey everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm going to teach you three things to do when you feel 13. And you're going to. I don't care if you're 25 years old, 35 years old, 45, 55, 85. At some point, something is going to happen that makes you feel like a 13-year-old all over again. What do you do in that moment? That's what we're going to talk about today. Before we start, today's episode is sponsored by me. That's right. Today's sponsor is me. I've been really surprised at how many people who listen to this podcast have reached out to me about having me speak at their events. I love that. And here's why. Over the last 13 years, I've had the honor to help hundreds of companies like Nissan, Walmart, Microsoft, and Comedy Central at events around the world. And during that time, I've developed three big goals for your event. Number one, I want to slingshot your audience into the best year they've ever had. Whether I'm opening, closing, or somewhere in the middle of the event, I want to launch everyone out of that room with actionable, memorable things that they can apply to their work and lives immediately. Number two, my second goal, I want the sound team engaged and laughing. The sound team has heard it all. They have. And if I can make them laugh and learn along the way, the audience is going to absolutely love the keynote. And number three, my third goal, I want you to get text messages during the keynote. My favorite sentence to hear from you after I speak is, John, my phone was blowing up during your keynote. I'm there to make you look like a rock star, not me. If your boss texts you during my speech and compliments you on how well the event is going, then I know I've done my job. Whether it's virtual or live, 10,000 people in an arena or 15 sales team members on WebEx or Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams, I'd love to help you with your next event. Fill out the quick form at acuff.me slash speaking to check my availability. That's acuff, A-C-U-F-F dot M-E slash speaking. All right. Let me start today with a story. So a few years ago, I was in Dallas to be on a big podcast. It was a really successful podcast. I was excited to be interviewed on it. It was to promote a book I had out. So it was kind of a, a big moment. And I was feeling a little bit stressed about it. So I went to this office complex. Um, I waited in the lobby uh, for the person to come get me, this kind of big influencer. And I waited there and it just felt like this really important, busy space. And I started to think, wow, this, this person really, they really have it going on. And they're, they're like 13 years, 10 years younger than me. They're younger than me. And look at all they've accomplished. Like there were brands all over the walls. And then the person finally came out and they were super nice and they were awesome. And they kind of gave me a tour of all their different businesses. And it was like, this is my first business. This is the second business. This is the third business over there in the like far down the hall. And that's a different business where we just print money. We have money, like we have a money machine and it just built up, built up, built up. And their setup for the podcast was just gorgeous. And I, I thought, okay, wow, this is a lot of pressure. And I started to feel really inadequate in that moment. And they weren't doing anything. I want to be clear about that. I'm going to say that throughout this episode. They weren't doing anything that I'd go, oh man, I can't believe they did that. I just felt inadequate. 
And I told my friend Al Andrews about that later. And he said, oh, yeah, you felt 13 years old. And that was the perfect way to describe it. I did feel 13 years old. And Al Andrews is brilliant like that. He's a friend of mine who lives here um, in Franklin, Tennessee, where I live just outside of Nashville. He's in his 60s. He runs something called the Porter's Call, which is an amazing organization. And I've written about him before. If you've ever read some of my books, you've heard some Al Andrews stories. One of my favorite ones that he ever told me, just as a bonus aside, a bonus idea in this episode, I was talking to him and I was feeling really stressed out. And Al's just this kind of guru guy. And I was telling him how stressed out I was. And he said, well, it's, it's because you don't, you don't have any Central Park. And I said, what do you, what do you mean I don't have any Central Park? That's a, that's a weird statement. And he said, well, if you go to New York and you fly over the city, you see this big, massive green space. You see Central Park. And it would be really, really easy for somebody to say, you know what? That is wasted space. We could put so many buildings on top of that. We could put so much commerce there. We could be monetizing that pond. We don't need that big field. And they could cover Central Park like every other inch of Manhattan. And he said, but they know, the city knows that if they did that, the city would fall apart. And he said, most people in their lives have covered their Central Park. They've put buildings on their central park. So he said, John, when you feel stressed out, when you're busy, when you're going, 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 when you're kind of over hustling, if you will, it usually means you've got too many buildings on your central park and you have to figure out how to knock down a few buildings, how to build a little more margin into your life. And I love that idea. So maybe that's why you're listening to this episode right now. Maybe you're like, oh, I got, I got some high rises all throughout my calendar, all throughout my to-do list, all throughout my week. Maybe you need to knock down some buildings. But Al says stuff like that. And so when he said, hey, you were feeling 13, that really stuck with me. So my question for you today is, when was the last time you felt 13? Sit on that one for a minute, because maybe, maybe you've never thought about it before. You've felt it, but you've never really thought about it. Was it in a meeting? Was it in a big presentation? You had to present to a client and they asked questions you didn't have the answers to and you just felt 13 in that moment. Maybe it was at something that should have felt fun. Like maybe it was at a dinner party where you knew far less people than you thought. Sometimes if I'm at a dinner party and I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'll just pray that they have a dog so I can focus on that dog. Like my wife will come over and be like, hey, where, where have you been? I'd be like, I've just been hanging out with this dog, like just kind of relaxing, doing dog stuff with this dog. So when was the last time you felt 13? That's the first question I have for you today. And then what I'd tell you to do in that moment is three other questions. I think the next time you feel 13, and you're going to, we all do, I want you to ask three questions. Number one, what happened? That's the first question. What happened? I think you should process it. We move so quickly through life that we run right by the lessons it's trying to give us. So for you, think about it. What, what happened in that moment? And if I go back to that moment in Dallas when I was feeling 13, it's easy for me to go, well, I was, I was tired. I felt really tired. It was in the middle of kind of a long run of traveling and I was already feeling really thin. I've talked about that before. My favorite definition of tired is uh, Bilbo Baggins when he talks about feeling like 
too little butter spread over too much bread. Like I felt thin in that moment. I felt unprepared. I hadn't done my research about this podcast or this audience or this person. I hadn't run the idea by Jenny, my wife. I I love to kind of workshop ideas with Jenny to kind of figure out what I'm going to do in certain moments like that. And so for me, I, I try to process that. So I think the first thing you do when you feel 13 is go, wait a second, wait a second. In soundtracks, I call pulling the thread. It's called pulling the thread. So there's always like a thought behind the thought behind the thought. And if you'll stop for a second and go, wait a second, what was really going on? What, what happened? You can pull the thread. The second question that I think you should ask is, what did you do? So in that moment, what was your response? I think self-awareness is a superpower. I, I really do. I think it's a superpower. And, and one thing that I've been teaching people is that every reaction is an education. Your reaction to a situation is an education. It's you educating yourself to go, wait a second. What did I do in this moment? What was my response? And I think the key, the key is to own your actions. Don't judge them. Own them. Don't judge them. So for me in that moment, when I was there in Dallas, I caught myself trying to impress this person. You ever have that moment where it's like almost like an out-of-body experience and you're watching a movie scene of your own life. Like the scene I was watching was me trying to impress him. I caught myself saying all these stats about my business and my book sales. And, and I felt inadequate in that moment. So I really was like, okay, I got to like, I got to overperform in here. I got to really rise to the occasion. And I started to denigrate my own life in the shine of his. I started to do two things. I'd either try to impress him and go, well, you know, like, couple of New York Times bestsellers. I sometimes do that. I think one of the most embarrassing things I've, I've done, not most embarrassing, I've done way more embarrassing things than this. This is just one that I pick up on every now and then. If I'm on a plane and I'm sitting next to someone and they go, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I write books. They'll go, oh, cool. Like, oh yeah, okay, books, all right. And then I'll feel inadequate and I'll go, yeah, I mean, a few have been on the New York Times bestsellers list. I'm never going to see that person again. Like, why do I need the stranger who's in a middle seat because I'm an aisle guy. I'm all aisle all day. I can't sit by the window. I feel trapped. But why do I need the middle person on an airplane to know one of my books is hitting the New York Times bestsellers list? Like that's a weird thing to do. So in this moment with this person, if I ask the question, what did I do? I can catch myself doing that, trying to impress them. Or trying to kind of denigrate myself and go, oh, well, it's not a big deal. I don't do much. Like it's one of the two. And I often notice that when I feel insecure in social settings, the quality of my jokes decreases and the quantity increases. Let me say that again. The quality just plummets and the quantity goes through the roof. I turn into like a sarcasm machine. So the first question you ask when you feel 13 is, what happened? What was going on in that moment? The second question is, what did you do? How did you respond? What was your reaction? Every reaction is an education. The third and final question is, what will you do next time? What will you do next time? There's going to be a next time. There is. Life is full. It's just jam-packed with awkward moments. Let me tell you about one that I had recently. I saw a friend of mine talking to another kind of mutual acquaintance and we were backstage at an event 
And I went up to them and talked to both of them. And then to the mutual acquaintance, I said, hey, we should get coffee sometime. Like, that would be fun. Like, we live in the same area, Nashville. Like, almost by law, if you're a writer or a podcaster or a speaker, you have to move to Nashville at some point. I think that's a rule. But I said, we should get coffee sometime. And then he said back to me, well, does so-and-so have your contact info? That's what he said back to me. And I said, yeah, he has my contact info. And he goes, great. Well, I'll get it from him. And I said, awesome. And then I walked to my car. And by the time I got to my car, I realized, wait a second. That was an elaborate brush off. Because when he asked me, does so-and-so have your contact info? Can I get it from him? I could have said, you know who else has my contact info? I do. John Acuff right now has John Acuff's contact info. I can give it to you right now and put it in your phone right this second. We can do this. And it was an awkward situation, but I realized it was ultimately on me. Um, I put him in a, a difficult situation to say no in front of this other friend. And, and you have to come up with a plan for those moments. Like when somebody asks you to get coffee and you know you're not going to, you, you need a plan. Like that's going to happen again. And I realized... I don't want to put people in awkward situations like that. Two, I don't want to brush them off. I just want to be direct and say, hey, like, here's my plan. That's so kind of you to ask, but I'm going to pass. That's it. That's so kind of you to ask for me to get coffee, but I'm, I'm going to pass unless I really want to get coffee with them. You need a plan. There's going to be a next time when you feel 13. And if you don't like how you reacted the last time, you should try to change that because you're going to have other moments like that. So what will you do next time? You know, for me, I can easily say I should have said no in the first place. Like the podcast wasn't exactly the type of podcast I need to be on. That's, that's fine. I should have said no in the first place. Um, you know, it was a, a couple years ago. I've learned kind of where I fit best in podcasts. So I, I've definitely kind of improved my process of how I say no and how I say yes. But I, I should have said no in the first place. The second thing I can do for the next time is, is be myself. That's who I'm trying to be. One of my goals is to continually learn what it means to be myself, not to perform, not to impress somebody, not to denigrate somebody with, you know, myself with false humility, but to be myself. The third thing is I can tell someone beforehand. I spoke to a friend yesterday about a situation I have coming up in a few weeks that's going to be challenging. I'm doing another event with somebody who's really successful in my space. And I know I'm going to be so tempted to show up there and feel 13 all over again. And so I talked to a friend about it. I pre-processed it because you can't prevent awkward moments. That's just, that's just not how life works. I think there's been times where I've tried to white knuckle my schedule so tightly as if to prevent all awkward moments. But there's not a single person listening to this right now that could go, well, John, actually, um, I have a system. I have a system I use. It's a 47-part system. It prevents, I read a book called No More Awkward. And once I read that book, I no longer have another awkward moment in my life. You're, you're going to have awkward moments. There's going to be moments where you go, oh, I feel 13 right now. I feel like I'm back in middle school and I, I don't know where to sit at the lunch table or I'm back in middle school and I forgot my locker combination. Like I don't know how to get into my locker or I'm back in middle school and the person I asked to the eighth grade dance 
And I was really hoping we could dance to Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. That was an actual slow song that I danced to at the eighth grade dance with Sue Flannery. Oh, I feel awkward like that all over again. You're going to feel that way again. So when it happens, and it's going to say three questions. Okay, number one, what happened? When you review the situation, process it. What happened? What happened? I think the more you can process your life, the more you can improve it. The second thing is, what did you do? In that moment, if you think about yourself like watching a film of somebody acting a certain way, did you act the way you wanted to? Like, what did you do? Again, don't judge, just at least learn from the moment. Every reaction is an education. And number three, what will you do next time? What are you going to do next time? When this happens again, what are you going to do next time? I think those are three very easy questions. And again, all credit to Ali Andrews for teaching me this really simple concept about what it feels like to feel 13. I think the interesting thing about this concept is I think we all feel 13 and we all think no one else does. I think everyone listening to this, unless they're a liar, and there's very few liars listening to this. I've done the demographics. The lying percent is pretty, pretty, it's a lot of honest, awesome people listening to this podcast. But I think everyone has felt that way at some point, And we all think no one else has. I know every time I meet somebody who's like 60, let's just use 60 as an example, because I'm, I'm 45, which when I was like 22, I thought 45 was half dead. I really was like, oh my gosh. How do they carry their frames about on those brittle bones? Are they getting enough calcium? Oh, but whenever I meet somebody who's 60 and they are still like wrestling with life, they're still going through awkwardness. I think, oh, so it's not over at like 50. I was kind of hoping. I think there's been some part of my life where I've always been like, when I was 25, I was like, by the time I'm 30, I'll have it all figured out. And then I turned 30 and I was like, well, by the time I'm 40, yeah, that's what'll all be worked out. I'll have it all figured out. And then I turned 45 and I was like, you know what? 50. If Jay-Z is 50 and he seems like he's got some life figured out by the time I'm 50, I'll have it all figured out. But I just don't think that's how life works. I think even if you're 50, even if you're 60, even if you're 70, even if you're 80, you're going to feel 13 sometimes. And I hope when you do, you'll ask those three simple questions I taught you today. What happened? What did you do? What will you do next time? Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. When your podcast is newish, I'm saying ish because it's been out since January. I think once we hit 2022, I have to rewrite this outro because it's just not true. And you can't be like, when your podcast is new in its second year, but it's still newish. And when it's new, the reviews are super important. It's one of the ways that people judge an early podcast. They look at a couple things. They go, how many episodes? I only have like 40-something episodes. That's not a lot. And then they go, okay, who are some of the guests? That's the other way people judge. And then they go, how many reviews? How many reviews does this sucker have? So when you guys leave reviews, it's so helpful. So please make sure to subscribe or follow or, I don't know, whatever it is the kids are saying these days. And please write a review. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us.
Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast. <laughs>